0: Welcome to the Studying the Bible podcast, where every Thursday, pastors Dylan Dodson and Brian Androsian study a book of the Bible, verse by verse, to see what is being communicated and how we can use it to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We pray that today's podcast can help you grow just a little bit closer to Christ. Welcome back to our journey through the book of Galatians. Today we're going to be in Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Uh, Just to recap what we saw in Galatians chapter 1, what we saw was Paul offering a defense of his own apostleship and essentially giving the churches in Galatia a reason to listen to him. Uh, We saw at the end of chapter 1, we saw that after Paul was confronted by Jesus on the road to Damascus, he didn't immediately go and tell everyone or confer with other other, uh, apostles, but he went to be alone with God. We saw it despite the fact that Paul had this immense knowledge of the Hebrew Bible and of God. And while knowledge of God is important, it doesn't replace a relationship for Jesus. So with that in mind, we're going to jump today into Galatians chapter 2. We're going starting in verse 1. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 1 it starts saying this. It says, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along also. I went up according to a revelation and presented to them the gospel I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those recognized as leaders. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running in vain. So at the end of chapter one, Paul talks about going to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. Then next he goes to Jerusalem. And he says that he, he brought the gospel he had been teaching to the leaders of the region to make sure he wasn't running in vain. And when Paul said he wanted to make sure he wasn't running in vain or, or working in vain, in other words, he isn't saying that he's worried that, that uh, the gospel he's preaching isn't true. Uh, he, he wants to make sure that the leaders in Jerusalem aren't teaching something different than what he's teaching, in which case they could be causing division. So he wants to make sure that they're not teaching something completely different than what he's communicating to them. So Paul's wanting to make sure that the work he's doing isn't being done in vain and that that the other teachers aren't preaching something that could break the unity that he was preaching. And it continues in verse three. It says, but not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false teachers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus in order to enslave us. But we did not give up and submit to those people for even a moment so that the truth of the gospel would be preserved for you. So here we get one of the main issues that's brought up in the book of Galatians, which is circumcision. Should those that are following God be circumcised as the Torah says? See, we see Paul take a very clear stance on this issue with Titus. Titus was Greek and therefore he was uncircumcised and Paul is telling them that even though he was Greek, he was not made to get circumcised because this is no longer a requirement for those that are following the Lord. See, Paul talks, about, Paul talks then about false brothers in Jerusalem, which would have been similar to the false teachers in Galatia who were trying to uh, get the Galatians to follow the Torah. The, these, these, um, these Jewish people who were followers of God, who were trying to tell the Gentiles that were converting over, that were following Jesus, that they also had to follow the laws of the Torah. He says they were trying to enslave them by spying on the freedom they have in Christ. And what Paul is saying here is that these false brothers were trying to see where they were and weren't following the Torah. They're trying to kind of determine in what areas were they following the Torah and in what areas were they not following the Torah in, in, in order to ultimately to enslave them to the Torah, to the Jewish law. They didn't believe in the freedom that comes in Jesus. They wanted Paul and Titus and their whole group to still submit to the Torah. But Paul says they didn't give up. They didn't submit to, to those people. Paul, Paul sees the freedom that comes in following Jesus and that they are no longer subject to the laws of the Torah because Jesus came. And despite how adamant these religious leaders are, Paul was not going to submit because that would undermine the very gospel that he was preaching. So Paul was not allowing them to enslave him to the Torah. He's telling that these uh, followers, in, in, uh, these Jesus followers in Galatia, these Galatians, that they don't need to be enslaved to the Torah, unlike what these Jewish followers of God are telling them. And we continue in verses six through eight. It says, Now from those recognized as important, what they once were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to me. On the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter was for the circumcised, since the one at work in Peter for an apostleship to the circumcised was also at work in me for the Gentiles." So here we see Paul's true feelings about these other leaders in Jerusalem. He says that their status, that their previous importance makes no difference to him because God shows no favoritism. They added nothing to me, he says. Paul is telling them that that the gospel he is preaching did not change because of these people. They added nothing to what he was teaching and despite their importance, so to speak, that didn't matter to him. Paul's aim was to reach the Gentiles, or the uncircumcised, not to bring them under the law of the Torah, but to bring them to Jesus. See, he had a different plan in mind than some of these religious leaders did. He wanted to bring them to Jesus, where they wanted to bring these people under the laws of the Torah. See, Paul had a vision for a unified church, not a church that was separated by Jew and Gentile, or by circumcised and uncircumcised. See, Peter ministered to the circumcised, and Paul is telling them that the same one that commissioned Peter commissioned him as well, and that, that being Jesus. And then he continues in verse 9. He says, When James, Cephas, and John, those recognized as pillars, acknowledged the grace that had been given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to me and Barnabas, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and pay to the circumcised. So James, Cephas, or Peter, and John were recognized as pillars or building blocks of the early of the early church and they recognized Paul's authority and apostleship. We almost we kind of see the apostles game plan coming into focus here. James, Peter and John, they would go and minister to the Jews or to the circumcised and Paul and Barnabas would minister to the Gentiles or the uncircumcised. Now at first it can seem like they're trying to divide them. We, we just talked about unity a second ago, and here it almost sounds like they're saying, you go minister to these people, we'll go minister to these people, and we'll keep them as two separate groups. But this was not an effort to, di- to divide the two groups, but rather to unite them under Jesus. The goal was a church of unity, not to build these separate factions of Jesus followers. But to, the, the, the way they would be united is under Jesus, not to, to be united under the Torah. And in the next section we'll see some issues that Paul had with Peter, but just as of these verses we're reading today, we see that they were on the same page in reaching both the Jews and the Gentiles with the message of Jesus. And as we close out this section in verse 10, it says this. It says, "They asked only that we would remember the poor, which I made every effort to do." So here we see the main goal of the early church, one of the main goals, which was caring for the poor. See, this is the main pillar in, of the church and of followers of Jesus all the way back to the Galatians, all the way back to biblical times, was caring for the poor, caring for those in need. See, Jesus cared for the poor and needy so well that it was only natural for his apostles, those, were the, those that were the closest to him, to espouse those ideals as well. But Paul is telling them, although they were going to two different people groups, although, although one was going to uh, the Jews or the circumcised and the others were going to the uncircumcised or the Gentiles, even though they are going to two different people groups, they shared the same goal. Pointing them to Jesus and remembering and caring for the poor just as Jesus did. So as we close out these 10 verses, as we close out this section of chapter 2, I want to give us three takeaways that we, I think we can see from this little passage. And the first one is this. It's that Jesus brings freedom. Because of Jesus, we're not bound to the laws of the Torah, but there's freedom in following Jesus. Now, What this doesn't mean is this doesn't mean that we have license to go and do whatever we want with no consequence. But Jesus' death allows us to have a relationship with God without following a bunch of rituals and commands. We have freedom to live for Christ because we want to, not because we have to. See, Jesus is what brings us freedom. Second thing we see today is that God does not show favoritism. We saw this in verse six, that God doesn't love you and me based on what we do or love some that are uh, better Christians or better followers of Jesus, so to speak, more than others. We can see in Galatians that God wants unity and that he loves equally. God is not a father or a parent that looks at his children and ranks them based on who who uh, is the most or who's the best at following him or who he likes the most, but he loves all of his children. Even, the ones, even those of us that mess up, even those of us that sometimes turn our back on him or go our own way, he still loves his children and wants all of his children to come to him equally. God does not show favoritism. Then the last thing we can see today is that caring for those in need is a requirement of Jesus' followers. See, this isn't an option, but as we saw, James, Peter, and John tell Paul and Barnabas, remember the poor, care for the poor. This is a mark of a follower of Jesus. It's not an option. To, be tr- to truly be a follower of Jesus, we must care for those in need. Pointing people to Jesus is great and it's, it's what we're commanded to do. But we're also commanded to care for those in need and to love those in need. So yes, we should be uh, witnessing to people, sharing our faith. One of the best ways to show our faith is for caring for those in need, for caring for the poor, for caring, those that are less, caring for those that are less fortunate than us. And that's what we see today in Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10.